Back to On the Block with Stricken Nate on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Happy Wednesday, hump day to all of you. My name's Nate Brennan. He's the House Carl of Famer, the nine-year NBA vet. Eric Strickland, Strick in the house today. Austin also joining us for the On the Block. He's going to be taking over for me starting next week, so you're going to hear from him quite a bit more. And we also want to hear from you guys, as always, 402-464-5685. Honda Blinken Hotline, starter Eamon text line. You can also check us out on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. That is the Sarder Heyman Jewelers video stream. Uh, I want to make sure to also give a shout-out to Mary Ellens. They are back open, ready to serve you today. Best soul food in Lincoln, best soul food in Nebraska. I'll go as far as saying best soul food in the country. 27th in Pine Lake. Charles and his staff will not disappoint, I promise you. We'll bring him in, Evan Bland, Omaha World Herald. Evan, the last time you were in Lincoln, I'm assuming that you did go to Mary Ellens, correct? Well, now I have a regret. So, <laughs> you should. No, I, you know, yeah, I, I, I didn't. I, I wish I had. It sounds really good. So um, next chance I get. Well, I definitely recommend that you do. Uh, the, I usually get the wings. I know Strick is a big fan of uh, the catfish. He gets the catfish, uh, the the barbecue, too. So literally you cannot go wrong at all. I think Strick's gotten the yams, too. So uh, there's nothing that you could get at Mary Ellen's that would go wrong. Again, Evan Bland, Omaha World Herald, joining us right now. Evan, uh, quite a bit happening over the last few days for Nebraska football. We'll go ahead and start with the coaching staff. Um, I know a lot of Husker fans have been critical of some of the hires. Uh, maybe age has gone into some of the some of the frustration. What are your initial thoughts as as this coaching staff kind of comes together now? Well, I think my initial thoughts are that this is on brand with what Matt Rule has done in his decade as a head coach, especially at the college level. Uh, you know, I, I did a, a decent amount of research last month, and, and you start looking into the hires that he's made over time, uh, a lot of them were similarly sort of outside the box, whether that was guys who were young or, or uh, maybe coaches from the high school level who he elevated and gave their big, gave them their big break. And, you know, it, it's not flawless, but you look at his track record and he's done pretty well identifying these guys. I mean, there's uh, at Temple, he hired a guy by the name of Fran Brown, who's now the DB's coach at Georgia. He gave a shot to a uh, essentially a like a staffer behind the scenes by the name of Elijah Robinson, and now he's one of the top paid defensive line coaches at Texas A&M, and you right. can kind of go down the list. I mean, Joey McGuire was a guy he brought up from um, the, the, high, the Texas high school ranks, and now he's the head coach at Texas Tech. So there are a lot of instances and examples where you can say that this worked out, um, and, and it's sort of the same blueprint here now. I mean, you mentioned the two staff hires, obviously, a lot of attention to uh, to, to Garrett McGuire, Joey's right. son, right. who's 23. He'll be 24 next fall. Um, and, you know, it, I, it, certainly that's the sort of move that's going to get a lot of attention. And, um, you know, how, how, how will it turn out? I mean, who knows? There are a lot of examples people throw out about Lincoln Riley being of similar age when he uh, became a full-time assistant or Charlie Weiss Jr. or Lane Kiffin. You can, there are some examples of guys who have done it. 
Um, so you never know. Maybe maybe Garrett McGuire's that sort of guy. Um, I think the challenge in the short term, though, uh, when you have so little Power Five experience, is um, on the recruiting trail. I think it's it's something that other schools will negatively recruit you toward. But um, you know, I think big picture, you look at at this staff. And it's just another example of, man, Matt Rule has uh, a blueprint, and, and he's relentlessly convicted about executing it. I mean, you think about even just the recruiting process. His first uh, commit that he takes at Nebraska is a zero star because he's fast, and they, they have confidence and belief that they can mold uh, you know, guys like that into productive players. And I think that's the sort of thing you're seeing with this staff, too, is uh, they believe strongly in the power of everybody – being on the same page uh, of hiring coaches who are moldable and maybe not set in their ways. Um, and we'll see, we'll see how that works out. It, it, you know, Nebraska just had a staff that was like that, that Scott Frost brought over that did not have a ton of power five experience. It didn't work out. I think this can be a different sort of example, but there's no doubt that Nebraska fans have a right, I think to be uh, at least skeptical um, just with some of the background. And when you consider how much money, the school is able to to afford um, for for its pool of assistant coaches as well. Evan Bland, Omaha World Herald, joining us. Evan, I I, I noticed that recently uh, you wrote about Xavier Betts, uh, who has now decided to enter the transfer portal. Uh, this one came as a little bit of surprise to me. I'm not gonna lie. Do you think that maybe he ends up at another Power 5 school, maybe a group of five? Do do you think this is uh, the case that maybe Nebraska would be a part of the conversation of him him returning? Where do we stand as, with, with the Xavier Betts situation? Yeah, so it, you know, it pops yesterday, and, and whenever an athlete goes in the portal, uh, it's part of a database that colleges can see, and, and, and so you know, your name's going to be out there. And so yeah, I mean, I think there was some confusion maybe among fans initially that were like, well, you know, he wasn't on the team last year. What is this about transferring? And really, all it is, what it means when he's under the portal is it, it indicates that, that maybe he's looking to return to college football. Because you think back to March and he leaves the team, you know, he starts spring uh, on a fairly promising note. I remember Mickey Joseph having a lot of good things to say about him at the time. A couple weeks later, he decides to leave the team, and it was not related to disciplinary issues or anything like that. It was just it was uh, football burnout. It was things of that nature. And so, you know, he's ready to move on from the sport and try something different. He did not play anywhere last fall. Uh, he sat the year out, and you think maybe that's that's going to be it, and that's a he's going to call it a career. And so, I think that's why uh, there was some surprise yesterday that he decided to put his name back out there. Um, you know, as we know, schools are going to move quickly on anybody that enters the portal. Right. Um, you know, Betts is a guy who's who's pretty to himself, pretty quiet. So I don't, I wouldn't expect him to be very public about his process. Um, I, I, at this time, I would be surprised if Nebraska got back involved. You know, they have a new staff, uh, a certain blueprint of guys that they're looking for that you know Betts could fit. But I, at this point, I would be surprised if. Nebraska got back in the in the picture, but I think just from a, a human standpoint, um, you know, you look at Betts and how football has, and you talk to, I talked to his high school coach, Michael Huffman at Bellevue West, and, and you know, he sort of echoed this idea that football has been a, a vehicle for Xavier to stay on track. It kept him in academics. It gave him opportunities in college. And so, you know, you got to root for a guy anytime he has a chance to 
get back into the college level and, right. and perform. And, and, and just from a physical standpoint, anybody who saw him play in 2020 and 2021 at Nebraska knows this guy has elite skills. And so you just hope um, with some of the off the field stuff that, that he figures that out. And maybe, maybe this is a signal that he has and that he's ready to succeed somewhere at the collegiate level. Evan, real quick, uh, let's shift real quick and just go over to the game uh, last night. Obviously, Nebraska took on Michigan State, uh, came up way short in this yes. one, 74 to 56. It, it was pretty ugly. But I had been talking on the block uh, the day before, and I told uh, my my co-host, um, Nate, that if Nebraska doesn't get up into the 65 to 70 point range, they're not going to win this game. And and uh, it just came true. It loomed true. Nebraska shot 27% from from one in the first half and 57 from the two in the second half, but that's just way too late when you let a Michigan State team get ahead. Now, with what you saw last night, is there an opportunity for them to recover, or is this the same thing that we will probably see unless they just have tremendous defensive games like they did against Iowa? Well, going into the game last night, Strick, to me, the, the 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 cliche or the saying, I guess, that defense travels sort of stuck in my head, and it was like, okay, well, let's see, you know, how how that does translate on the road, because uh, you know, as you know better than anybody, it, it 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 it's harder to sort of replicate that offensive production on the road. So you kind of figured that Nebraska would take a little bit of a step back uh, in terms of shooting percentage. It turns out they took a pretty big step back, and. I think it just sort of reminds you that there are nights when things will click for this Nebraska team, and and when they when it does, it's going to look like it did it uh, against Iowa at home, and and probably what it looked like against Purdue at home. But I, I think the other end also sort of was revealed um, that that there is a pretty wide range of outcomes for this Nebraska team on a given night when the shots aren't falling, and when they're on the road, it's hard to get much mm-hmm. of anything going. And we saw that against a team that. On paper, certainly uh, in Michigan State, that's more talented than Nebraska. Um, you know, I, I thought their defense mostly traveled. Maybe they lost a piece of luggage on the flight in that regard, but it mostly, uh, you know, I think was a, a decent effort from them. But uh, when you shoot that poorly, like you said, to start uh, and you're in such a big hole, you, you expend so much energy just trying to get back to close to even in the second half that you're not able to do it. So I think, you know, we saw, uh, again, some of the, the flaws that we knew this team had, especially when it comes to scoring. Like, after Derek Walker, where do you feel good about your points coming from? I mean, it seems like it's been a different guy at different points. Um, and, and so that's something they continue to work through. But, you know, you look ahead, and they, they're at Minnesota on Saturday, which is toward the bottom of the league. Um, you know, of course, they just had a, a big win themselves. So I think it speaks to the depth and the challenge of the Big Ten. Um, and, it, and I suppose it probably tempers expectations, right? I mean, you come off the big win over Iowa and you think, man, uh, maybe they could have some success in this league. And I think right. the the game at Michigan State sort of reminded you that, man, this thing is going to be a bear game in and game out. Um, Minnesota is going to be a good chance for them to see if they can pick up a road win before they come back home. Um, but again, I think ultimately for me, it just the, the main takeaway was uh, – the, the range of outcomes for this team on any given night is pretty big. 
And I think that's just kind of the reality of the Big Ten too, Evan. I mean, it's 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 going to be a fight night in and night out. It doesn't really matter who you're who you're going to be playing up against. Uh, Evan Bland, Omaha World Herald, joining us. Evan, uh, sadly, this is going to be the last time I can ask you this, but I always like to end this segment and ask you about baseball. We're starting a new year here, and I think I saw that it's a little bit over forty days until pitchers and catchers uh, report. Correct me if I'm wrong there, but w- when are things going to start ramping up here on the baseball end? Well, they start their initial sort of ramp-up practices on Monday, I believe it is. And then that starts a six-week sort of uh, onboarding process until the season opener. And so they're at San Diego that first weekend in mid-February. So, you know, this is – you talk to the coaches. This is sort of one of those moments of truth because they they finished up what what would have been sort of their their fall ball in mid-October, late October – and then they had some individual skill instruction. And then really since Thanksgiving on, uh, the coaches haven't seen the players. The players have been home, finishing finals, things like that. So, uh, you know, it's sort of that, that time when you see who's been sticking with it, who maybe has been able to uh, improve a little bit physically and whatnot. Um, but but the next step to watch then, I think, in the lead-up to this, the opener is going to be how do you get the roster down to where you need it to be. Right. And for Nebraska, when you factor in, uh, COVID eligibility and, and things like that was from some of these guys, they need to get down to 39 players on their roster. And right now they're at 46. So that was a, a process they began in the fall with evaluations. But uh, this is sort of these next couple of weeks, they're going to have to make some, some tough decisions, have some tough conversations uh, with some guys who maybe will be, um, you know, sort of reassigned in a sense to junior college ball, or, or maybe, um, you know, they'll look somewhere else. But that's sort of the next big step for this team is figuring out, you know, who, who are they going to roll with this year? Because, again, um, they have too many right now. And then, um, you know, all the typical stuff from there will start to flesh out. What does the rotation look like? Um, you know, how many of the transfers maybe are ready to jump in and be lineup regulars right away? But that process is all going to get started here uh, at least a little bit next week. Evan, I tried to fool you. I tried to trick you. It's impossible to do so. MLB pitchers and catchers report here in a little over 40 days, but Nebraska, as you said, uh, will play here in a little over 40 days. Uh, if people want to get more great content from you, it sounds like they can get just a little bit of everything because you're the Swiss Army knife over there at Omaha World Herald. Uh, how can they get more great content from you? Man, it's the same as, as ever. Omaha uh, World Herald paper, omaha.com. I'm at Evan Bland, OWH. Transfer portal's rolling. It's basketball season. Baseball's coming up. It's just nonstop fun. Evan, it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, I've talked to Strick and Austin. It sounds like they would like to to keep you on moving forward, but I just wanted to make sure that you knew I appreciate you. Uh, you've been a great asset here on the block, and, and everyone will definitely look forward to keeping you uh, here at your regular time, 2.30 on Wednesdays. Yeah, I appreciate that. I won't be entering the portal. I'll stick around if they'll keep me on scholarship here. And, Nate, it's it's been a pleasure chatting with you. Best of luck uh, with your next adventure, too. I appreciate you, Evan. Uh, they will talk to you next week. All right. Thanks a lot. Great stuff. There he goes. Evan Bland, Omaha World Herald, bringing it as he always does. We threw him a little bit of uh, football, a little basketball. 
And then on top of that, we threw in some baseball because they're going to start ramping things up here in the next couple weeks, and it'll definitely be fun to stay tuned for, see if the Huskers can get back off on track after a difficult season last year. But lots of transfers. It'll be a fun season to pay attention to, that's for sure. we got to take a quick break. Shootout with Strick is coming up next. Your chance to win $15 to Buffalo Wings and Rings. So go ahead and give us a call, 402-464-5685. Honda Lincoln Hotline. Shootout with Strick comes up next right here on the block. <laughs> 